Hey guys, welcome back again to the Cut Light Smoke Podcast presented by Zeal Cigars, CigarSoapbox.com, and as always, coming to you live from the Huddle Up Store studios here in live, beautiful, sunny Phoenix, but we can't see the sun because we're inside a warehouse, wouldn't you guess? So, hey, today I have a table full of guests, and uh, my name is Bradley. You guys probably know that if you listen to the podcast long enough, and uh, I have literally five guys sitting around the table, and they're all gun guys, so I feel, first, really, really protected, uh, second, a little scared because they None of them smile. They all look at me like really kind of creepy and weird, uh, but w- which is okay because I'm more of a, a laid back uh, gun enthusiast. But these guys are all serious shooters, and they they look like they have serious. The guy the guy sitting across from me, by the way, his name is Brad. And so if I, if you see me, you know, saying hey Brad, this Brad that, uh, I'm not bipolar. I'm actually just looking at somebody named Brad across from me. Uh, I'm glad he actually smiled at one point because he's been looking at me the whole time like mean mugging me. So I feel good about it now. But uh, so we're gonna be talking a little bit about guys and guns and tactical shooting, self defense, everything else like that. This comes on the heels. The reason I want to talk about this, and I'm glad my buddy Travis. Travis is coming in here right now. He's taking a picture. Everybody smile at Travis and go, hi, Chad. Hi, Travis. Cheese. Did you get it? Hurry up. Okay, there, there we go. go. <laughs> so Travis Travis came in here a while, by, a while back. You guys probably remember him on the on an earlier podcast. We had a great time talking about guns. You've come in a couple times, right? Yeah, we did a couple times. We talked about personal training. We also talked about guns. He's a tactical guy. You're, you're newer into the tactical stuff, right? Okay, so it's sort of newer. So you won't hear Travis as much. You're going to hear some other guys around the table as well. Tra- actually, Travis and Taylor, uh, two guys to my to my left and my right, uh, have both been here before. And if you guys don't remember the podcast, go back and listen to the Guys and Guns podcast on that one. Uh, but today, they're all smoking a brand new cigar. I'm not smoking it. I gave my cigar away. Everyone got one of these cigars for free. I didn't charge him a dime, but I will confiscate a beer. And what we're going to do... What we're going to do is I'm going to ask them what they really think about their cigar just recently going around. So I'm going to start actually with Travis, and Travis is going to – I'm going to tell you what he says. Uh, Travis, tell me about your cigar. You're smoking the brand-new Dead Man's Hand. So you guys know who Dead Man's Hand is? You know that story behind that and everything? Wild Bill Hickok? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So you're you're smoking the the new Dead Man's Hand. Travis, what do you think? He says delicious. He says delicious. Jeremy, I'm going to look at you, and you're going to tell me what you think about the cigar. And don't disappoint me, Jeremy. Lie to me if you have to. Go. Pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. I like that. I like that. So I was expecting, like I said, a little more of a heavier cigar. Okay. Deeper cigar. And it's got a little spice to it. Okay. But it's really smooth and really, like, mild in the sense that I can sit here and smoke this all night and not have a problem with it. Nice. I'll tell you what. Of the house brands that we have, it's been the most shockingly premium one that we got, Hmm. to be honest with you. Like, I couldn't believe how good it was when it came in. And I never smoke a cigar Right after it comes in, usually let, let it rest for probably at least a, you know at least a day, and I smoked it right away because I couldn't I couldn't wait. I wanted to make sure it was as good as the the sample I got originally, and it was better. And I couldn't believe how good it was. I will be purchasing as I leave. Okay, good, good. I like that. I like that. Yeah. All right, Big Brad. Brad, what's your last name? Amos. Your Brad. Your name is Brad Amos. Yes, it is. Oh my gosh, dude, this is awesome. This is super easy to put in initials on like every game I ever the played. Ba bro, ba bro. <laughs> That's okay, it. Brad, where are you from? Talk, talk to me. Where are you from? I'm, I'm I'm actually from Pittsburgh. I moved here in about a little over two years ago. Okay, are you are you Steelers fan? I mean, by default, yeah. By default, okay. I'm yeah. Bengals fan by default. More, more Cincinnati, born and raised. So yeah, 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 yeah. more Penguins. So you get it. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, but but my team's awesome. Like so, like yeah. Burrow's great. Yeah, so. <laughs> Okay. I just use right. it as a, a point of contention to argue with people for absolutely no reason. I know, right? That's okay. That's <laughs> oh, you okay. like the Eagles? <laughs> <laughs> so when did, when did you move here? When did you move to Arizona? I moved here in May of 21. Oh, okay. So fairly new. Fairly yeah. new. Okay, okay, okay. So so how old are you? You look younger. You look like 30-something? 34. 34, okay. 34 years old. How long have you been shooting? Um, At this, with these, this level, like... About a year and a half. Okay. Uh, okay. Before that, a little more slower paced up, but really since 2017. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Brad uh, used to lay down and shoot. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. I shot a lot of CMP. It was fun. Okay. Okay. That's Gray cool. Beards. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I get it, dude. I get it. I get it. I'm more of a, I'm more of a chill shooter. Just so everybody understands that. I'm more it was of a very, chill. It was more very chill. chill shooting. More chill shooter. I like that. I like that. But I am in the, I am in the, uh, the market for a new, uh, a new bolt action. I'll just say that. A new bolt action. We'll get there in a second. We'll get there in a second. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> What's that? Oh, what does he think about the cigar? Thank you for reminding me. I'm going to come to you in a second. All right. Brad, what do you think about the cigar? Because you give the best name around the table. So I'm going to ask you, what, <laughs> what, what do you think about the cigar? It's really good. It's like every puff, I can feel my intellect and testosterone increase as I'm ascending a golden staircase of sophistication. Brad, Brad is Brad is obviously the smartest individual at the table. 
and obviously the best, the second best looking outside of the Bradley. So that, I'm I'm super excited about this, dude. Yeah, sophistication. Is, that, is it a good cigar for you though? Is it a good cigar? No, you it, like it? It's okay, a, good. It's a solid cigar. It, good. It's, I like it. Do you like do you, do you smoke cigars often or just every once in a while? Yeah, like my my go tos have been like Olivas, and this is kind of near there, like the okay. Series G's. So I'm a big fan of this. Okay, okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah. It is Series G's a lighter. Series G's a Cameroon, so it's a little sweeter. If you would, but that's a little more smoother, you know, on the on the retro hill in particular. So, all right. So then we're going to the <laughs> everyone's everyone's getting in the picture. All these guys are pulling out their phones, getting pictures and everything like that. I will get a selfie at least with everybody. And now Taylor's flicking off the camera. So I'm going to pray for Taylor's soul, but we're going to keep going. Um, so we're going to go here, and I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself, dude, because I already forgot your name. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, what? my name is Nate. Nate, that's right. I was going to say it's Nate. I was going to say something else, Nate, or I don't know. My you just say the great. It's fine. I okay. I uh, thanks, Nate. Nate, how long have you been in Phoenix? Uh, 23 years. Oh, 23 years. Okay, yeah. so you got gray in your beard, so you're probably 30 something, almost uh, 40. Uh, okay, no, we're at no, 38, no, 39. 37, turning oh. 38 in July. So oh, okay. What, what day in July? Uh, July 7th, even better. So I was born on the seventh month, the seventh day. I weighed seven pounds, seven ounces at 7 p.m. Dude, that's awesome. Isn't that like that Iron Maiden album, Seventh Son of the Seventh Son? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. that's kind of like, it's kind of right. It's kind of right. There's some truth to that. Well, my birthday is July 5th. So okay. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm such a patriot. I didn't want to be born on America's birthday. So parents waited till yeah, the 5th, you know? Bit. Yeah, I get you know, it. You know. Yeah, yeah. So I, how many how many fireworks that I get for my birthday every single year every single year yeah I love fireworks it's pretty fun though so uh, so so Nate you've been here since uh, for twenty three years so you you're very familiar with the valley and everything like that. how long have you been shooting uh actively twelve years okay yeah okay I mean okay. I tell people that have been competing for probably about ten okay and then teaching and training for about seven okay uh, outside of that I mean everybody has to start somewhere in the shooting world and sure. nobody ever starts. Uh, in the perfect place, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. you you got to learn at some level at some point. And I just think about like you know the day one going to a range, like wow, I'm terrible. This mm. is actually a lot more difficult than movies and TV made me think. Oh mm. sure, oh sure, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, that, that's 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 something that I think a lot of people forget about when it comes to. Uh, they would say target shooting. When you say tactical shooting and everything else like that, it's a lot more difficult and there's a lot more goes into it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot more thought process and intellect that goes into it uh, versus, you want to turn me down a little bit? No, like, say? yeah, get me out of the monitors. Get you out of the monitors a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can't remember which one you are. Are you one, uh, one, two, three, one, two, three? Is that sound better for you? I think I'm two. You're two? Okay, and we're going we're gonna to try this. One, two, three, one, two. Is that better for you at all? I, I don't know what's happening right now. That's all good. You too? You also? Okay. These guys are just, they're babies, man. They're babies. I'm Our sorry. ears are all blown out. I know. Is that, <laughs> is that better? Is that better for everybody? Because yeah, I turned everybody down. We're okay, good. good. Some, some people just can't handle the truth. Uh, so let's, let's, let's continue on real quick. So we're, we're here. We're here to smoke some good cigars. Uh, what did you think? I, Nate goes back to me right away. Nate's like, excuse me. Excuse me. I got to tell you what I think I about like your cigar. You I'm very important at this table. So tell me what you thought about the cigar you're smoking. So I'm relatively new to cigar smoking. Okay. Uh, my editor introduced it to me, and he's been smoking for 20-plus years. So it's one of those, like, hey, the first cigar I was ever handed was a hoot, and it's like, oh, wow, now I'm spoiled as hell. Yeah. So uh, one thing I appreciate, especially as a new guy, this has a nice draw to it. Oh, it does. It has right? a great draw to There's it. There's a lot of cigars that are too tightly wrapped, and I'm sitting here, and it's like, I am working way harder at sucking, and yes, the jokes make themselves. <laughs> then I would like to be. Right, right. Okay. It's not it's a got, joke if it's the truth. <laughs> we all have big black things in front of our face. I, I think you're forgetting that. Though. Okay, keep keep going, keep going. This guy's the flavor is really well. nice. It's mild. Okay, good. Um, good. I brought some blonde lager from a beer company in Tempe. Right, right. You call this, what's this called, Crispy? Crispy, yeah. Crispy, uh, the shop. We've got Big Sexy with Brad, not Bradley, okay. and we've got Big Crispy with Taylor here okay. uh, as nicknames, so I thought it was fitting. Uh, it goes well with a nice light beer. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, yeah it yeah. pairs very nicely, and it's not spicy to the point where it's like I feel like it, the cigar takes over everything. Like I can't taste anything else in my right, mouth. Right, right, right. Uh, so it's fantastic. And the, honestly, the price point was shockingly good. Right, right. Six, six fifty, dude. Like, what? Six dollar robusto, <laughs> six fifty for the Toro, dude. Yeah. Huh? Oh yes, I did. So just so you understand something, uh, Travis is here, and Travis is sitting to my left. <laughs> so last time we went riding together, Travis, uh, I would like to say that he was gracious in his approach. But uh, he was not. He just said, he just looked at me and yelled certain expletives, and then said, "When am I getting bird notice back?" And I'm like, "Oh, you're paying for it then, right?" And he's like, "I paid for it the first time. I'll pay for it again." I'm like, "Okay, Ooh. okay, 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 okay." So we actually have a collab come together with a, a company called Yucky in in our company, uh, and uh, Yucky Brands is a, is a is a brand that I do a bunch of other stuff, and we actually owns the soap the soap brand that we do. So uh, so Yucky Industries and Zeal Cigars got together, and we're bringing back bird notice. So bird notice is the best selling. 
flavored cigar with spice that has ever hit the market. So it's, it's weird. It's really weird. So yeah. it's, it, but it'll come back in October one. is when it comes back. So it'll be right, right in time for uh, Halloween. So it, I'll, I'll show you the, the label and everything later on. You yeah. can't have Jeremy sp- smoke that though. I mean, unless it's actually got salt in the wrapper, he won't smoke it. Really? Really? There's, there's, some, <laughs> yeah. there's something about burn notice in you or you don't like burn notice. Did you have burn notice before? Uh, I don't know if I tried one. Before. Yeah, it's very, you wouldn't forget it if you tried it. It's really good. Is it, is it, the, is it, it's sweet. It's like oh, yeah, sweet that, and spicy, dude. Yeah, no, I don't, that wouldn't be me. You wouldn't be you? No. Yeah, a lot of guys say that, and they smoke it, and they're like, this is my favorite cigar. I mean, a lot of guys, dude. I'm really enjoying this. I'm glad right you now. like that. I'm glad you like this that. This is a great cigar. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, let's, go in, let's get into the shooting aspect of everything. So let me, let me ask this a few things. Do you think that when it comes to men in general that every man should be taught how to actually shoot? Yes. Okay, there's one. Do I have do I have uh, do I have any more amens around the table? Uh, yes. Or do you think? Are, so that's that's an interesting that's an interesting thing because Jeremy's thinking really strong about yeah, it. Yeah, that's why I'm letting him go. Brad, I like Brad because he's 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 impulsive and I'm, I'm the same way. I'm like, <laughs> yes, everyone needs a gun and everyone should carry. We should give three year olds guns. Let them carry it on the diaper. So, so like the so in that in that regard, we're talking about grown grown men, eighteen plus. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say twenty one plus to keep there it from loss. There we I, go. I, I know the somebody the had age, to say the something. Age isn't the thing. I know. Okay. I'll okay. put an asterisk I think, on my yeah. I think everyone needs to be exposed to it. Yeah. But let's be honest, it's not for everyone. Okay. So who is so in, in the in the gun life, okay, in the gun life or the, the gun gun world, who is it not for? The people who don't know how to treat it with respect. Have you been to Seattle recently? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, Portland? Portland, yeah. Yeah, Portland, yeah, Portland yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people out there who don't give it the respect that it deserves. Okay, okay. And that's the problem that I have with it. I mean, everyone should be exposed to it. Everyone should have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest. There are some people who just don't treat it the way it should be treated as far as respect, yeah. as far as what it's capable of doing. I mm-hmm. mean, you are holding the power in your hand to take someone's life away. Right, right. 100%. Purposeful or not. There, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with enjoying yourself and having a good time. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you need to be able to understand that you can permanently end someone sure. or, or change their life forever. Sure, sure. So some people and some men just aren't in the right mental state for that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So we touch, you touched on age a little bit, shifting okay. from 18 to 21. Mm-hmm. I genuinely believe that there are old soul kids out there. Sure. And you're 16 years old, you're 12 years old, and you are a rock star with a firearm. You are safe, mm-hmm. you are responsible, mm-hmm. and you know that what's in your hand is a controlled explosion every time. Right. So they take that differently, and especially at younger ages when that's exposed not necessarily forcing them to shoot. You know, your 10-year-old with a 12-gauge, that's never a good idea for two reasons. Number one, it's fundamentally unsafe. Right. But two, it creates bad habits. You've got people like, man, I remember the last time I shot something, it can hurt. Mm-hmm. My shoulder was bruised for a month. I'd never want to do that again. So how you expose also matters. Okay. Uh, I agree with both Brad and Jeremy because firearms are right in America, and that's a beautiful thing. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. But at the same time, there are people, even after exposure, where it's like, and you're done. Okay. Okay. okay? So I... We all here agree that everybody should have the right. There's no question about that. Sure, that's the amendment. Yeah, yeah exactly. of course, of course. However, yeah. it's it's akin to people who really enjoy cigars versus people who try it once and never touch another one. Some people really get into it and start appreciating the nuances, the intricacies, the little things mm-hmm. about what makes this experience, because that's what it is on both ends, mm-hmm. really enjoyable or not. Right. There are some people who try it the first time, they get green in the face, and they go, I'm never doing this again. And sure. that's okay. Sure, sure. But the exposure and the opportunity to try is fundamental to being American. So it, let, me, sure. let, me go down that, let me go down that route, and I, I say that because I think it's one of the things I, that when it comes to my industry and it comes to cigars, so whenever, whenever people smoke cigars and get green in the face and they don't want to do it anymore, I try to go back to that point and I go, okay, let me fix what happened that what you did was wrong. So let me see, let me see what you did was wrong. Tell me about your experience. A lot of times they have inhaled a cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times they were smoking in a closed room without any kind of ventilation. A lot of times they had a, a bad cigar and no one taught them you don't give you don't give a brand new smoker a super peppery cigar. Yeah. You know, things like that. So I go back and fix that. Simultaneously in your in your industry, there's a, there's something that I, I think that I I feel is missing when it comes to the education of the youth. That like you, you get some people that you know that they shoot a firearm for I'll give you an example just from my life. Everybody around me is a big hunter. Any of you guys hunt? Oh yeah. You guys hunt? Okay, all all you guys hunt? I don't hunt. 
Mm-hmm. I don't hunt. I target shoot. Uh, I went hunting, and I, I, I was waiting to get my big my big deer. That was what I wanted to do. I wanted to have that experience. So I went out hunting with a bunch of my buddies for several times, finally got the big buck that was, that was on their property. Cool. And so I happened to get it. Uh, and after I was done, I was like, that kind of sucked. I was there for two hours, <laughs> got it. Then I had to dress it, and they were loving it. They liked the whole – I was like, this is dumb. This is really dumb. I don't want to do this anymore. Two hours, dude. It was, yeah, two hours. Yeah, see, they, that's it. <laughs> and they were they were pissed off because I was the one that got something. Yeah. And they had been there for sixteen years trying to get one, and they, and they all got dosed. Yeah. And so my second year there, I got I got a buck, and I got the only buck around. So, it, anyways, long story short, uh, I was like, they invite me next year, and they're like, hey man, you want to come back up and try for another buck? I'm like, no, I'm good, man. Like yep. why? I'm like, hey man, I'll come up there with you, and I'm like, I'll I'll sit down, we'll smoke cigars, have some beer, some whiskey, and stuff like that. We'll shoot some guns off the off the deck and into the you know the pond and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go hunting again. Mm-hmm. They're like, what's wrong? You got a problem with them? Like, yeah, it's just boring for me. I, I said the first year I was up there, I sat there for like five hours, got nothing, and I had to get up at like two o'clock in the morning. It's just boring to me. Yep. And I'm a, I'm like, oh, I struck out. It's good to be something. So I was gonna do something. So feel, in the same right, like, right, what are you gonna say? I feel that though, like it's like fishing and hunting. Like, I've tried fishing so many times, and I'm, just, I'm like, dude, this Bro. isn't gonna work. But I've also, when it came to hunting, it was cool because it kind of tapped into something different. Where I was like, I'm like hunter mode, where you're just like real quiet and like, yeah, checking out the tree line and just kind of like you're in that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it kind of like for me, it just kind of put me in a like state of mind and of zone that okay. I didn't get with like certain other things. So I feel that like it just clicks or it doesn't. I even broke if you every rule. I broke every, literally like, so after I got, after I shot the, I shot, shot the deer, yeah. I was like, guys, I got me on the microphone. I'm yelling. <laughs> and they're like, and I'm like, Oh my gosh. He's like, and there's like 200 hunters in this land. that's like 200, 200, you know, acres or whatever else like that. So you hear people popping off stuff like that. So, but when it, when it comes to me, but I'm not like that with fishing. Like I love fishing. And I'll fish forever. So, so I, I, I wonder how that fits into the gun scene mm-hmm. because there's people who come in and they try it once. Mm-hmm. And you see all the memes and everything. You get somebody who pops off around like, ah, they're scared or something like that, which is not necessarily true of how everyone does. But it may not be the scene for everybody. Mm-hmm. But here's my point. I, I still think it's such an, a, a – this is just my opinion. Yeah. And I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. I think it's such a fundamental right – and the Second Amendment is something that makes our country stand out among all nations. Mm-hmm. That I think it's something that I think everybody needs to be exposed to mm-hmm. for the sake of education and the sake of like the the freedom that that we have. So my kids, when they were young, we started they started shooting when my son started shooting when he was probably about six or seven. We kind of had like a twenty two. We took him out there in the desert with, um, and he was shooting an AR by the time he was probably about. That 12, 12 to 13, yeah. something like that. And he still shoots the same R, the same, same AR. So it, in that regard, I think that like that in on my girls too, my girls were the first to shoot because my, my, my oldest daughter, I, so I have three kids. I have an oldest daughter who's 20, 23 and uh, she shot her first time. I think she was maybe 10, you know, if you would very, I mean, it was, it was out in the desert and everything like that with me and so on and so forth. But all of my kids, starting them at a younger age, really got them an ap- appreciation for the safety and everything else like that. So much so that while I locked up all of my firearms like a good dad should, mm-hmm. uh, there's there's aspects of it to when they were older um, that we had secret places all in the house that we had that we hid stuff that they all knew where it was. So yeah. let yeah. me touch on that real quickly. Yeah, yeah. sure. The how people are introduced matters as much as the introduction itself. Mm. Good example, right? Mm-hmm. Your son, the very first gun that he shot, was it a handgun? No, it was a rifle. Why? Uh, I wanted him to be able to control it more. Right. Yeah. So he sat in some sand, and we were, you know, uh-huh. we were shooting down that way. Yeah. So it comes down to the person who makes the introduction as mm-hmm. a Sherpa, guide, shaman, whatever you want to call it. Sure, sure, sure. They have to be cognizant. I don't want to ruin this person's experience. This is not about my fragile male ego. Right, right. This is about education. And in mm-hmm. that case, I should set this person up for success by giving them something I know they're going to enjoy. Mm. So I've worked in the firearms industry. That's a good industry. word. That's yeah. a good word, yeah. Yeah. Um, most of us have worked in the firearms industry in different levels. Mm-hmm. One of the most frustrating things I would see is working at an unnamed range in Scottsdale, Arizona. Cough, cough, wink, wink. <laughs> <clears throat> Watching a dude with obnoxious tribal tattoos come in with his girlfriend who's got big old fake titties, <laughs> and he wants to rent a three fifty seven Magnum revolver. 
Oh, yeah. And this is her first gun, very clearly. Oh, yeah. Let like, that, I'm let not going to let that happen, buddy. At, let at the, that guy self-select out, bro. Correct. <laughs> For sure. Yep. So at the very least, yeah. it's like, I'm going to give you 38 ammo instead right, of 357, right, right. Yeah. and I am going to be there the whole time, and Jeez. I'm going to load this every other chamber because, yeah. obviously, with reflexes and flinching, there's a good chance on recoil you'll put one in the ceiling. Oh, sure. Watching if not him, your head. <laughs> yeah. Watching him dump three rounds out of a six-round cylinder and it looks like a shotgun pattern at like 10 feet, you know, you're, you're a shit show, buddy. I'm sorry. Wow. But then wow. her, like, hey, can you show me how to do this? How do I oh, grip? Cool. How do I stand? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I can actually pull the hammer back, but I have to be very careful about pressing the trigger. Sure. Oh, hey, look, perfect shot in the center. And you see his face go from machismo piece of mm, <laughs> to like, oh, no, pee just shrank in front of all of us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where it's at. Yeah. Because the reality is, that's her first experience, and you mm-hmm. talked a little bit about like smoking a cigar for the first time sure. in an unventilated room mm-hmm. with something that's too spicy, mm-hmm. and people turn green and never come back. Shooting's the same way. Mm-hmm. You take somebody to an indoor range where there's short-barreled ARs all over the place. Ugh. It sounds like a war zone. Yeah, The air itself is very, very stale inside. Oh, yeah. They never want to come back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. I, we shoot a lot, and I, it still sucks to go to an indoor range. Oh, oh yeah. We actively oh, yeah. avoid indoor ranges. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And the, to... To pop onto a point that Jeremy said, it's like transcendent of age or anything. It's really just a baseline um, understanding and respect for it. Mm-hmm. And also, I would go and rev- revise my original answer from yes to yes asterisk, <laughs> except for dum dums. Yeah, you know I mean, like, because because when you give a dum dum anything, it's gonna get ruined. And yeah, of course. And. You know, to your point, like, you know, there's all these different ways and, and things that you can introduce some something to somebody. But fundamentally, the guns and the Second Amendment is, to me, a part of the cornerstone of personal sovereignty. Mm-hmm. It's the great equalizer. Yes. You know, and there's a real uh, disconnect between people and the parts of themselves that they aren't in touch with that are capable of, of violence and, mm. and all of that. Oh, sure. That is a big divide and not just guns and lots of everything a lot of a lot of reliance on others a lot a lot of reliance on systems versus self-reliance which is i think a big part of what all of us at this table mm-hmm. have used to to advance whatever it is in our lives forward sure and that Absolutely. brings us to society in general and the cultural shift that we've experienced in the last yeah. 50 years yeah if you think about it you look back at pictures from the 50s and you've got kids who went to school with guns and then mm-hmm. they went hunting after school oh know, yeah and they you know hunting squirrel oh, or yeah. rabbit or whatever mm-hmm. to feed their family what have you you know you know go back to the 30s and kids were actively part of helping contribute to the family because of the great depression and, and you fast forward to now and guns are scary bad things and people who have guns are scary bad people and, and it, if you step back and look you look at how we've changed from a society of being self-reliant personal sovereignty to relying on the government relying on other people everything has to be handed to me as opposed to i'm going to go out and get it for myself mm-hmm. i'm going to figure out a way to achieve my results or my the goals or my desires and that's why like you said yes with an asterisk or yes with you know maybe it's not for everyone because not everyone has the ability based on the, how they were brought up, how they were raised, to understand what is actually in your hands, what the responsibilities are, mm-hmm. and the mindset behind it. I mean, there's too many people nowadays who want to rely on other people for everything they need. If I may, if I may real quick, one of the things that's really important is people's level of acceptance and comfort with violence. So not everybody is built that same way. And it isn't even an upbringing thing. It's fundamentally just who they are. We've all met people where they are uniquely capable and comfortable with a level of violence that most people would find abhorrent. They'd be scared of it. Like, this person is terrifying, right? But we sit here and go, no, that person's actually probably more controlled than the person who's not comfortable with violence. Because for them, they've made a decision on some level deep in their core that if it comes down to it, I can flip a switch but I will never flip that switch if I don't have to. And that's a fundamental difference. People who are irresponsible with firearms 
typically there's ego involved with the use or the ownership of a firearm. Well, and, and there's a lot less people these days who've been punched in the face as a kid. Mm. 100%. <laughs> so Brad and I come from uh, a background of getting hit in the face. Lots. And there, there's something to that. Right there is a there, oh yeah it makes you re- reevaluate life when you get man's yeah. fist to your face dude yeah. it's an East Coast thing too yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah oh yeah dude, I make 100%. the joke here that like people are soft like I'll be like what's up moron and they're like why did you say that to me? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's just a greeting right 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 like, right that's actually a good thing like right you know, right a camaraderie built on absolute disgust yeah. for one another but I think I think that's that's also a guy thing and I think that's part of what what we're talking about here too is not only the the beauty of firearms but it's it's also the the honor of raising men to be men. I think that's that's a that's a fundamental part of uh, masculinity as well is the right to bear arms. It was written by our forefathers. This is not to be sexist or to isolate the women, although inadvertently it might feel that way, and that's not where that's not where I'm going. What I'm trying to say though is that like there is something fundamental about a guy learning how to use a use a firearm. Okay, not only just for his protection, but for his own like you know duty for the for the country when necessary, if necessary. Mm-hmm. Keep going. So I think on that side of the house, when it comes to introducing people to firearms, one of the biggest challenges that we see is how to do that for the individual person. So I helped run a range during COVID, which was a very interesting time in the firearms world because everybody and their mother, oh all, this, yeah, all of a sudden they decided they wanted a gun. But the reality is, uh, if you've ever been through the process of purchasing a firearm, you have to do a background check. I don't care what CNN tells you, called a 4473. Now, one of the key factors to that is during that background check, the person performing the check, as far as the person standing in front of you helping fill out the form, can deny your background check for any reason whatsoever. It can be a gut feeling, a tingle in my testicles. It's discretionary. Correct, that I don't like you, something's wrong, and I don't have to tell you what that is. Now, those of us who are responsible in that world, we don't do it because we're racist pieces of junk. Right. We do it because something is like, I don't trust this, something's wrong here. And Mm -hmm. the reality that if this person uses a firearm irresponsibly, my name and my business is probably going to be involved in that on some level. Yeah, this guy, mm. this guy with a swastika on his forehead paying for the scar with cash. This is a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we firsthand, yeah. actually, we've got a good friend, a good friend of mine, who uh, he had somebody want to pay for a belt-fed semi-auto gun in cash with a driver's license that was not from Arizona. Let's call it that. So with that in mind... You also, as the person who is responsible, understanding what's going on, you have to be a bit of a gatekeeper to go, this person, although you have the right as an American citizen Mm -hmm. to experience this, this is not right. Mm -hmm. Whatever's going on here is not okay. Yeah, the media portrays people like gun sales as if it's this very cavalier thing, but it's really not. Mm -mm. Well, no, you you obviously have, um, I mean, just just like me, like I, I, I card people all the time. You know, like I, I'd probably, I probably card people on any given day, at least two or three people that look under the age of 25. So Jeremy right now. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Yeah. So I <laughs> you laugh, card, but yeah. I was actually carded. Yeah. The, uh, the we, they day. have to card now, but for everything, dude, By a like, 17 year old girl. <laughs> was it? Yeah. No, it was actually it was last night. We were, I was carded last night for get when we were getting margaritas. At a oh, yeah. No, at a, a <laughs> Mexican joint down by pro two. Nice. That's crazy. crazy. Stroke that ego. Dude, one, tip. You know, a week ago would have been like. I have a very grayish, silverish right, beard. Right, right, right. Now I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I look like I'm 20. Well, not 20. I wouldn't say no, 20. Like, okay. 23, 23. Like, like, 20, like 41, maybe. Okay. 41, maybe. <laughs> this idea. You look like what a 20-year-old look like when people only live to be 30. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. He was talking That's about funny. the Great Depression like he knew what he was talking yeah. about. Dude, he lived there, it, man. Yeah, yeah, dude. He lived it for sure. So, he, he can probably speak better on the second than anybody because he was there that? when they wrote it. <laughs> You're not the oldest one, though, aren't you? Are you older than Travis? What's that now? I think I am. How old are you? No, Travis is the oldest. You're 49? Travis turns yeah, yeah, 50 Travis. this year. Yeah, dude. Whoa, whoa. I'm 48, so I'm a, I'm a year behind you. Look at that specimen so. for 48, though. 49. Yeah, dude. Oh, you kidding yeah, me? Yeah. You kidding me, dude? It's yeah, all Travis. beard, though. <laughs> You're, you're going too close to killing me. Oh, look at that cigar. It's Travis is like trying to light this cigar off the back uh, of a jet engine. Just let Bradley, I think you should offer lessons on how to light a cigar. Sure. Well, we're talking about shooting. No, 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 no. Just go back. So God Almighty. You're going to kill the cigar. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Shit, dude. I need to get. 
It does burn hot. It does burn hot. Travis, can you give me a, a demonstration of how you light again? Can you just do that for me? Do we? This, can we this, get another cigar for this, him though? Uh, no, I don't like want to get another one. cigar. It's just, just going to ruin that one. It was so yeah. great. Look at that here. thing. That's yeah, give, so great. Give this man a backwards or something. So the, the fact of the matter is, like, people cannot. You don't see what just happened, but uh, if you guys know anything about the the lightsaber that we have here as a. Uh, it's kind of a, a, a lighter where you could probably weld with it. Travis held it up to his beard and his face at full steam and lit his cigar. So the cigar is somewhat charred, but but uh, it might taste a little different now because it's a little charred. But either way. Here's a little trim, too, if you, you look know. real close. Yeah, yeah, it's a little burn, a little <laughs> oh, singe, a little singe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, here, here, let, me, let me get back to this in the, in the sense of, like, where do you think our country is going in the future as far as gun regulations and everything like that? Uh, and I really want to, I really want to, I know everyone's, I know, I know, I know wherever I can probably guess what you're thinking, but like, do you think that that, where do you think the give and take is going to actually happen? Because there does have to be give and take on anything in order for it to go forward. I'm here, I, just so you know, I'm a super pro two guy. I just, so you know, I am pro two. I think we should all have guns like everywhere we have, but I also know that in order to get something accomplished in politics, you have to give and take the same Fuck. time. It's going to politics. I, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Well, but it, like it, it's going to be death by a thousand cuts, like it yes. always has been, and that's what's that's <laughs> right. what that's what's eroded it from in the first place. It's right, like yes. you can't pass anything sweeping, so you just fuck with it in all these little ways that you can. Like so, the, at like, the time the two yeah. A was written, you could get letters of mark to have your own ship with cannons. Mm-hmm. And you could literally get bounties and kill uh, people. ship oh, that ruled well. with cannons. Yeah. That's so great. Which you can still get cannons, by the way. And can now really? I have mm-hmm. to pay it stamp to make my rifle shorter than 16 inches in barrel length. That's, what I have that's to fairly ask. new. That's fairly new, right? And no, no, that's 19, no. 1934. Oh, was it 34? Prohibition yeah. era. Yeah. Oh, okay. the, the NFA was introduced in 1934 as a way of... Uh, fighting crime during the not uh, fighting crime, or, Bradley. Uh, it was not fighting crime. Well, that 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 was the guys it was under because of the yes. um all the problems that had been created as a result of prohibition and all the crazy shit that was going on as a result of that. So they made arbitrary rules restricting barrel length, suppressors, and other things like that as a form of gun control that still stays to this day because back then two hundred dollars for a tax stamp for a shorter gun was pretty cost prohibitive when that was a lot it was of money. approximately forty five hundred dollars in today's dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. So that has carried over for almost a hundred years and it's dumb as hell do you know I, I don't know how much you know about this stuff that's when it comes to prohibition i don't know i mean you probably you guys all sound educated uh <laughs> do you know do you <laughs> know how prohibition do. started and do you know the undercurrent behind uh how we got light beer no go for it this is great yeah. this is gonna blow your mind all right i'm gonna, I'm gonna put on my preaching cap because there's a little bit of church history on this one um so I was a pastor for 20 years, just so you know, before I ever did this. You can never tell because I'm, I know I'm, I'm kind of the fun one. Because you're beautiful. Uh, so I was Sam Kinison. Sam Kinison. <laughs> oh, oh, love Sam Kinison. Oh, How God. would you freaking know Sam Kinison? Dude, That's like I grew up on Kinison, Carlin, and uh, and Richard Pryor, dude. I know As it did all. we all. Dude, you're my long, long lost son, bro. You're my long oh, lost son. God. That's awesome, dude. Hi, Dad. I love that, dad, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, Kinison, Carlin. Carlin was great. See, no evil. Uh, uh, oh, dude, yeah. Kinison was great, too. It was mm-hmm. great. So anyways, long story short, um, it was very common back in, in the day in the 20s and 30s that uh, guys after church would go to the pub and they would discuss like the, the, the sermon and everything else like that, discuss business. A lot of them were farmers, a lot of them were industrials, uh, things like that. And they would talk about stuff. And uh, what would happen, it was very taboo to get drunk, by the way, especially with all your buddies. Very, very taboo. Well, what happened is several of them would get drunk and the women would be home making food right? For, for dinner or for breakfast or for, for lunch, whatever else like that. After church, usually probably like dinner or supper, if you would. So they would go home and sometimes they'd go home drunk, would rape their wives. Okay. They would do some, some things that are really, really messed up. They would come back and they would tell, they would tell their buddies and their buddies wouldn't hold them accountable to being a man. Mm. Okay. You let a man rape his wife and you don't hold him accountable. You're just as guilty and you need to beat the shit out of that guy. Absolutely. Okay. So long story short, that just kept going up. And these guys were in church. Okay. So this just kept going and going on, going on. Sooner or later, the women go to the pastors and say, it's the alcohol driving my husband to do doing these things. It's not the alcohol driving him. It's something else driving him. It's alcohol is the enabler, you know, to do those kind of things. So what, what the problem is, is, is they exchanged <laughs> the, the real problem and they said the alcohol is the issue. So prohibition got started. Uh, during that time, uh, my family's connected with uh, people in the Kentucky area called Bondurant. You heard of those guys, oh, the yeah. Rum Runners? Yeah, 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 the Rum Runners. So my family's down in Hazard County, Kentucky. That's where, I come, that's where my, my kinfolk come, come this from. This is also how NASCAR yeah. started. Of course. Yeah, of course. So uh, they've got some history down there with those guys and everything like that. So long story short, during that time, there was a United Methodist pastor that said, well, it seems like it's God's judgment on here, gentlemen that uh, he doesn't want alcohol anymore to 
that our churches and alcohol must be evil. I'm just giving my own little two cents to this, right? <clears throat> Great. Idea. And so what, what we need to do here, <laughs> gentlemen, is we, we got to see the almighty God has given us these beautiful grapes out here in my vineyard. And what God wants me to do is make grape juice for communion for all the churches now. Okay. That guy's name was Dr. Thomas Welsh, Welsh's grape juice. That's how the Welsh's grape juice empire got started. Okay. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. How, mm. by, by, can you believe that? It's awful, dude. So like during that time, everybody used grape juice. They couldn't get like real wine for communion because of prohibition. Okay. So then after beer gets rebrewing, okay, after prohibition, which is, is it the 30s, somewhere around the 30s? It's after the 20s. I know that. I can't I remember. Think, I think mid-30s. Three late 34. Okay. Okay. So after prohibition, okay. When they start brewing beer again, they start brewing it light. And the reason they start brewing it light is they recognize they can get more, more, more uh, water in there with less light. Can it, and before that light beer never existed before prohibition light beer never existed. It was all Irish Scott. It was all like Killian's and Guinness. It was all something like a, a Boddington's or like I don't know Blum. It's a, a lagers and everything you can imagine that beer supposed to taste like. Light beer never existed until Prohibition. Interesting. Yeah, which is really great. And so, and Dr. Thomas Welsh, uh, United Methodist pastor, you know, uh, who started Welsh's grape juice, which I, I just think he <laughs> plundered the whole thing, you know, obviously, uh, which is crazy, man, that that's how the whole thing happened. And so during that time, you're saying all this other stuff's happening in the gun in the gun industry. Mm-hmm. Or the, I'm telling you, dude, like major things in America that happen in major time periods, those are like critical for the rest of the country well, yeah, I mean, to go absolutely. forward. Right. Dude, I mean, even now they make shit for people that, that it's like they think that everybody exists in a city. That's not that's not what's happening at all. Mm-hmm. Well, you, like so you talk about prohibition. Let's make alcohol legal. Well, you're 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 mm-hmm. making alcohol legal, but you're not addressing the root problem. Or right. Whatever. There it is. Right. It's the now, same thing. Blame guns. It's let's not yeah. let's make it illegal. Well, here's the thing. Everyone still wants it. Even the people who want to make it illegal oh, sure. still want it. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you make it harder, which makes it more expensive, which makes it more profitable. Black mm-hmm. market. Black market. Oh, yeah. So oh, it, yeah. just like the war on drugs. Oh, if, if, oh that yeah. Gone? If, you, if you make heroin and coke and all this other shit. Thin though, dude. Make it legal. Yeah. Oh. All of a sudden, there's no profit in it. So now it's not being pushed. And let's put on tinfoil hat real quickly with foreign actors where it's like, okay, the NFA, good example. National Firearms Act was enacted in 34, if I remember correctly. Correct Mm -hmm. me on that, if not. What else happened prior to 1934 that put a whole lot of weapons in American hands? It's called World War One. That's right. So one of the other things is a lot of GIs were coming back from World War Mm One with some very heavy hardware. Mm -hmm. So Bonnie and Clyde are a good example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were known for cut off short barrel, what we call BARs, Browning Automatic Rifles, and thirty out six, which is a hunting caliber, full right. auto. Right, that is no joke. Yeah, and if you look at the photos of Bonnie and Clyde's car when they finally got killed, that sucker is as close to Swiss cheese as you will ever see a piece. Oh of yeah, that. dude. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what happened is tiny events, very small things mm-hmm. that captured national attention. Politicians capitalized on it oh yeah shocker and they oh, vote yeah. with emotion correct yeah. so oh yeah taylor mentioned earlier not an inch mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. taylor talked about or excuse me brad talked about death by a thousand cuts right right the problem is you never see legislation repealed you never see legislation pulled back mm. all you see is more because politicians their lifeblood is making quote-unquote laws right right whether they're effective whether useful doesn't matter somewhere back east you can't carry a two by four in a trench coat after 8 p.m for some bullshit reason dude you can't even buy a car on sunday in pennsylvania it's dumb as hell right Right. and at some point some legislator said there's a good reason for that because this person did this one bad thing firearms are like alcohol and they're like cigars they Mm -hmm. reveal who you really are one that my, is 100 percent true. One of my favorite yeah. documentaries, and you can watch it on YouTube. It's hilarious. Is this Vice journalist? If you know anything about Vice, yes. uh, they are not exactly. Was this pre-Vice? Was this like, like this Shane is the cool Smith? Vice? Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is they're, cool they're, yeah, they're they're they're, they're almost, gone now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they, right? they bankrupt. Yeah, but they had a dude who was one of their quote-unquote journalists, which is a subjective term. Let's call it that to be very right, very right, kind. Right. Go to an indoor range, which is of course the worst place to go. And try firearms for the first time, and the sheer and utter joy on that little fairy's face was beautiful. <laughs> we call people like that two ply, as in uh-huh. very soft toilet paper. Right, 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 right. right. Not two ply, ten ply. Ten ply. Thank ten you. Ten ply. References. Right. <laughs> ten ply. Ten Don't ply. You know. Yeah. Because <laughs> two ply is like sand ply, sand paper. Sand paper yeah. So it's yeah, interesting yeah. how 
firearms fundamentally, uh-huh. even despite all of the regulation, all of this negative press, all this crazy history, all they do is show you who people really are. If you're responsible and you're safe, when you press the trigger, you can enjoy it. You mm-hmm. can have fun with it, including around other people safely. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you leave with the same number of holes you started with. What a concept. Right. So, I mean, I think that's where American gun culture needs to be versus this, I need a gun because I'm scared. And also, I would I would add that, let's be real here. Like, all these things aren't curbing criminals. They're just making it harder for nerds like us. Yeah. Like, oh, of course. Like no dork, yeah, yeah. no criminals buying a, can- a suppressor, man. Like they're just no. nerds. I just want one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and which takes you about a year like to get, right? Yeah, yeah, they're like ninety days, and that was no, complete no. bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. On that yeah. side, like real quickly, talking about foreign actors. Recently, a website called Wish dot com, which is run out of China, was selling full auto sears for Glock handguns. So it takes a Glock handgun, turns it fully automatic. They're selling them on eBay. Now, why would a foreign actor decide to sell something that ownership or purchase is a felony immediately? Tons of them showed up in Chicago. Can can you still get them? I'm just wondering, can you still get them? I don't know what you're talking about. You got to send them to that house that's for sale. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know of a major firearms instructor Uh purchased one with the proper licensing and paid the $200 tax stamp. Right. And that little sumbutch works just fine. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So the idea being, if I'm a foreign actor and I want to destabilize a beautiful nation like America, let's introduce fentanyl and full-auto handguns to Uh, teenagers. Not not only only that, man. I mean, it's it's a destabilization of, like, masculinity in general. You want to, you want to take out you don't go for the men and the women if you want to disable this country. Correct. You take the men and you defame them, mm-hmm. then you emasculate them and then make them the fools of like of, of popular media and everything else like that. And yeah. that's why we have like the I remember I remember being like fifteen years old the first time I saw Symptoms, the Simpsons. And I remember I, I laughed and I thought it was hysterical and yeah. everything else like that like anybody else did. Uh, my father saw it and he was like, what's that shit? And I was like, oh, it's a new thing. It's called The Simpsons. He's like, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? I think it's funny. He goes, of course you would. You're a kid. Yeah. Uh, he goes, you don't know how, how, that, how that looks. And my dad, at the age, I mean, what I, I was probably, what, 12 to 15, somewhere in there. My dad was, what, 30-ish, 40. My dad had the wherewithal to go, he's making fun of men. But what this is is making fun of men. And that's what Homer was. He was a joke. Yeah. He was a joke as a father, a joke as a husband, a joke as of everything else like that. So if you look back in popular comedy and everything like that all the way back to like when whoa shit sorry when uh sorry about that dude i just spilled i, I had the party foul i'm not even drinking jeez look what um, you did you, you little need to jerk drink more is what that means oh and it goes back over onto his phone that's beautiful pukes. well you know they're kind of close to me <laughs> so just go grab some toilet paper it's not your whatever. phone it's just ash don't worry about it <laughs> speaking of so, ash i really like another one of these yeah i was in the okay, same well well let's let's, let's let's finish this real quick and we'll finish the we'll yeah. finish some stuff and, and and get and get into the cigars in a second so if you look at the history of American culture all the way back through when men were portrayed on television from like the, the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, men were the machismo, men were the mm-hmm. earners, men were the guys who were protecting the women and, and children and everything else like that. You have people like the Fonz and everything like that. Then you start getting into the 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. You start to see that, that masculinity be absolutely defamed, okay, with certain little things that happen. Thank you. Uh, certain little things that happen that were just kind of weird, you know, when it comes to men. It's a, it's a little spill, dude. I don't want to worry about it. For you guys who are listening and you're trying to figure out what's going on, I just spilled a little bit of beer. And it's literally a little bit of beer. It's not bad. Yeah, I, I could have sipped it up with my mouth. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Travis is disappointed. So, <laughs> um, so here, here's the thing. So if you go back, and it was it was somewhere in the 80s. So first, you, you, de- you defame masculinity in men in general. Okay, you make men look stupid. Then you attack the nuclear family, where it was it used to be the Brady Bunch, the Jetsons, and everything yeah, else. Yeah, that was a nuclear yeah. family, right? Mm-hmm. Even the Bra- the Brady Bunch was like risky for its time, yeah. because it was two blended families, mm-hmm. you know, if you would, which was kind of risky, but it kind of worked out for culture. Yep. Then you get to the point where like friends and everything else like that, and it's all about like not the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. It's all about like your your social clique becoming your family, mm-hmm. if you would. So. What you have today is an absolute message being portrayed to men that you need to understand that you are not the ruler of your own domain. You are not to be the one in control of anything. You are to be submissive to everybody in culture, mm-hmm. and you better, if at everything you do, give praise and credence to every single person around you that is not a man, Correct. okay, for all the great things that they've done. And let me ask a freaking question real quick. 
Tell me people who are not men that what have they done? I know you're going to make me sound like, like he's a big chauvinist right now. I don't really give a shit about that. Here's my point. Name me something that men have not created or been a part of that creation in the last hundred years that has not been for the human flourishing and the movement of the United States of America in particular. Social that aren't men. Name one. Social she, media. Okay, well, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> we don't care. Well, but but, but yeah, men, true. men own every single social media Very group. True. Every single one of them are owned by a man. Yeah, Zuckerberg. That, that's weird. Yeah, right. That nice lady not who did really the calculations that took the <laughs> Apollo missions. Yes. The nice lady who did what? She was. Uh, she was the. Um, she was one of the lead engineers on, um, on the Apollo missions. That she like crunched all the data, and that's actually what contributed to like us going to the moon and stuff. But I get your point. There's a place in it, but all of this stuff over the last, you know, since you said the 60s has subverted thought and yes. eroded the family unit. And arguably the family unit is the most important part of what makes American culture. It's, it's not, it's, well, here's the weird part. I gotta, I gotta figure my mic out here. I'm getting, oh, I'm getting, he's a professional, he's getting pissed. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> the, uh, the problem is it's undeniably the family unit. It 100%. always has been. And so when you, when you start to destabilize that in any way, shape and form, you give young men the opportunity. I'll, I'll tell you what, man. You give me young men, and they ask, "What is the one thing I?" So, okay, let me just get let me get real with it real quick. Freaking going crazy. Jeremy can't handle. It. He's out. He's like, "I'm no, out I'm here." Right he needs no I'm just joking. I'm just joking. There, there's a there's a true statement. There was a a woman at Yale who was a lesbian feminazi mm. who did, and she's great, right? She did all the research to find out what is the number one uh, stabilization piece in in a society in general. Of any society ever, what's the number one stabilization piece in that society? Every single time, and this is she, she comes out and she reports this and she goes, I don't like it. This goes against everything that I believe. It is the father is the number one, okay, the number one mm -hmm. piece in society. If you eliminate him, mm -hmm. all of society falls apart. Every single time, all of society falls apart. Because the father who fights for the family, the father who protects the family, the father who pr provides for the family, and that's why, the, that, that's why there's a lot of weight on the shoulder of men. And there should be. It's good. It makes you mature. It makes you grow the fuck up, which is good for you. And, and you men, need to, yeah. Men, men have a sense of duty. Right. And they've always had a sense of duty. Right. And when shit hits the fan, that sense of duty is put into play. And when we don't, when we have soft things happening all the time and no real challenges, right. people right. forget that when it does go down, that sense of duty is what, is what brings order back to things. A hundred percent. Like, you know, there wasn't pacifism involved in stopping the Nazis. There wasn't no, pacifism no. involved in stopping nefarious and evil forces throughout our entire human history. But yeah. specifically in the United States in the last hundred years, like Germany took on the world. And they were like, yeah. you would think, oh, this, this country the size of Pennsylvania versus the whole world, like they almost got it. And they did it right. twice. <laughs> they twice. did it twice. Yeah, twice, yeah. So, but, yeah. but what it took to stop that, momentum was duty strong men strong mm -hmm. men and duty and that's not saying that's not trying to to say that women don't have you know their own place in things but men have their place in society and and women do too and i'm not trying to sound sexist so or here, anything here's it's, the it's thing hard though. to articulate that thought when that i'm sounding like an asshole shit? yeah so like the minute you uh, say like hey dude guys are great we like we appreciate men we appreciate what men do and everything else like that and then we have to go oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we appreciate we what appreciate women, women do too I know that's the point. Like it, it's like it's inadvertent that if you if you if you're talking about men and masculinity, you all of a sudden have to give women a credence. Like, oh no, no, we like you too. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you don't. It just means that we're so oversensitized to everything out there that we feel like we have to say like, oh, by the way, okay, it you like it, that person's gay, and that's okay. Like we have to say that all the time, right? Nervous. We have to say yeah, like nervously, like, hey, it's okay to be a dude, mm -hmm. just so you know. Oh, it's okay to be a woman too. But now we're in a day and age where some, what's, a, what's, the, what's the guy who just won the cycling thing? It was a transgender guy who right. won the cycling thing. And the women were freaking. They, they, yes. they always are. That's why it never happens <laughs> with men. There's, There's a, never going to be a woman that comes into a man's sport and wins. Dude, never. You no. could shut that down so easy. They're like, it should be equal for everybody. I'm like, okay, so if the right. mountain, if the mountain from Game of Thrones, like, I want to fight MMA, you'd be like, yeah, sure. Right. Against Jets. Right. Like, no, right. you wouldn't. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. No and, and here's the fact intrinsically in the heart of the souls of every single person here, we all know the truth. All of us know the truth and all of us know what it is. And we know this is silly. We know that things like Dylan Mulaney and the whole Bud Light thing, we know it's well, silly. Well, you know, it's, it's not real. And we're like, this is, this is like the fact that there, there's, there's like that we're having to talk, actually talk about this in like weird eggshell ways. It's really stupid. 
And it only takes a few people to say, hey, by the way, uh, you're making me feel uncomfortable. I don't give a shit. When was, when was the last time that I'm responsible for your comfort? Yeah, Dave Chappelle nailed right. it. He said, to what degree do you expect me to participate in your self-image? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What a line, dude. Like, Chappelle just is just a down. king on this stuff, dude. Yeah. He really is. You saw the whole SNL thing he did? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. That, when he started oh, out and he was... He, he, oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing. If, if you want to do something right, you've mm. got to take a stand eventually. So have you heard the hard time weak men? men so, oh, you've yeah. all heard that? We all know that. That's so essentially, many times. That's hard times make strong men. Mm-hmm. And then it's strong men make, make good times. times. Good, good times, times make, make weak men. men. Weak, weak men, men make, make bad, bad times. times. Yeah, yeah, hard times, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it's just a cycle. And so we're in the bad times start. Mm-hmm. And now we're, we're starting to create hard men where guys, and, and what people are going to call you is, uh, what's the word, chauvinist? They're going to call you guys, your misogynist race. Oh, yeah. Misogynist yeah. bigot or anything like that. Yeah. You know, all the things are going to, they're going to try to take you out with that. And you go, no, 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 no I'm, I'm just not. So bring, you could say that. Bring it back to firearms real quickly. Good example, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. Firearms are hard. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. I'm trying. Sorry. sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. And it, it's good, right? Firearms are hard, mm-hmm. right? I remember the day I met Travis. It was pouring rain on the range. Jeremy had brought him to the range, right? And he was struggling something fierce to hit his target. And I just made a tiny little correction in his grip. Mm. But being able to have that kind of correction, mm. choosing to be receptive to another man, and, <laughs> Jeremy, and realizing that like I can be vulnerable to another man yes. who knows what the hell he's doing, yes. and he can prove that he knows what he's doing because he's been through these hardships already. Right, he right. knows what I'm going through. He can empathize with me, and he gets it. Let's do this. Absolutely. Travis has brought that up multiple times to me. And honestly, mm-hmm. it is one of the most flattering things as a dude yeah. I've ever said. I can tell Travis comfortably I love him as a man, and that's sure. okay. Sure. Dude, right? yeah. That doesn't it mean I'm gay. It always yeah. has been, Absolutely. Dude. And yeah. now just to, to add on to that is like there's this stupid idea that, that somehow masculinity and all those other things means the dismissal of accountability and yes. and vulnerability especially yes. Yes. and sensitivity. But that's not what's happening at all. It's right. like that's right. such a like a – like a comical and and abstract like thought for that like I don't know how or where that got well, it's lost. Immaturity. Yeah. It's immaturity. Yeah, immaturity. People oh, yeah. who are it's, immature think that. Yeah. Yeah, it's real yeah. dumb because like that's all part of the package, man. Right. You can't right. just a la carte like oh these things are masculinity. Like no, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a whole spectrum of things that okay. that gets um, mixed in with everything, and and I just don't understand how that got eroded and to the point that it is now death by a thousand cuts just like firearms regulation yeah like well, yeah yeah it's the same exactly. somehow somehow disrespect has become like funny or it's become acceptable, acceptable. right nobody gets right. punched in the face oh, my, my husband's so stupid like no like you know like there's there's a time and place where that is um cer- it's certainly funny like that's a good banter and yeah. stuff but there's a there's a there's a place where like you know look that is not good for anybody man that is not helping shit let me let me tell you let me tell you something i i wonder what you guys think about this situation and what i'd be interested in your your judgment on it i know what i think about it because i was the one that did it um you got what okay you want another cigar oh yeah travis got we got people travis oh brand two cigars uh something weird somewhere go out there just get weird with it. that's brad for you just give me something weird okay oh this gonna be entertaining what do I suggest? <laughs> the look on Travis. Stop grabbing face. dead man's hand. We got. We only have limited supplies. Or <laughs> something else. Uh, grab them like but, a whatever it is. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, spice cream or something. I want like that. to pay for them. And yeah, you got to pay, pay for them. Take first ones on me. You got to pay for the yeah, rest of them. I, I understand that. Yeah, I get the spice cream. They like spice cream. They there like spice you go. Cream. That's a good choice. Someone's coming in. Hold on. Okay, keep on. Keep on. Okay, you got it. Travis is gonna go sell for me. What a boy. Here, it's never. So I recognize when I when I say this illustration, you have to recognize that I know the person I'm talking about. Like I know him really well. I know the husband. Husband is a dear friend of mine, really good friend of mine. And uh, at one point, his her, his wife was complaining about her husband to me. Mm. Uh, it was a good friend of mine, and uh, uh, I remember telling telling her like, "It sounds like you and so and so need to like." have a conversation about that. I don't think I'm the person to talk to you about this. Mm-hmm. You know, cause that's, that's, that's being, that's being respectful of my boy. You know, like I don't, that's, yeah, that's I, his business his wife. Yeah. I don't need to have that. Right. Yep. Um, and she kept going on and on about him. Mm-hmm. Right. And I said, uh, I said, listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you this once and I'm going to tell you it again. Just so you know that, that all of a sudden put her on her heels. She's like, what, what do you mean? Why are you mm-hmm. talking to me like this? I'm like, that's my friend. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I recognize that, you know, him different, different than I am. And you know, him probably better than I do because you're his wife. But I need you to control the way you talk about him. Mm-hmm. 
because and she and, and immediately when I said that she got really defensive because I said you need to control yourself. Yeah, what yeah. kind of people yeah. are you hanging around with where this is fucking normal? For right, you? where this is acceptable. Exactly, and mm-hmm. she she was almost shockingly like, "How dare you?" And I went, I went first off, "How dare you yeah. talk about one of my best friends to me behind his back? You need to go talk with him about this, mm-hmm. and not talk to me about this. And you need to control." the way that you talk about him because the way that your wife talks about you behind your back tells you everything, everything. about what she really thinks about you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I literally, I said, you need to go and talk to him about this. And I said, you, you need to talk to him about this before I tell him, by the way, and I'll talk to him tomorrow. So tonight you need to tell him yeah, about the conversation, conversation that we had, what a boss, move. you know, yep. but, I, but I think it's important though, because you, you said accountability and so on and so forth. Uh, I said that to another group of guys and they were like, dude, how, why would you say that? Like, what if she was just confiding in you and like, what's going on? And I was like, wait, what? What? Like, like that's my boy. Another man's like, wife confiding yeah, in right. you. Right. That, that, like, that's, okay. that, yeah, that's weird. That's weird in itself. And I, I said, first off, like, just so you understand, like, this is, this is my dude. Yeah. All right. This is my dude. Like, if her and him, if they stay together, that, that, that's cool. If they don't, that's still my dude. That's one of my boys, right? Yeah. So, like, as a result of that, like, I want him to understand, like, hey, your wife can't talk, talk that way about you. And there was, a, there was a very, 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 very respectable man that I heard a story about. This guy started a business that has 250,000 employees just in Europe. Mm-hmm. I won't tell you the business because I, I don't want the guy to be exposed. Uh, and one of our friends was working with his wife. Okay, the man's wife. This guy's just a very well-known individual. And she was his, she was, she was his wife's assistant, right? And uh, at one point, our friend was complaining about her husband to the other wife. Yeah, I mean, like complaining, not like, hey, I need some wisdom on this kind of stuff, but like complaining, like he just doesn't understand this and like that kind of stuff. It's one thing, ladies, to try to seek wisdom in your in your marriage from an older lady. I think it's very, very important. That's mature camaraderie. Yes, but when you start complaining and you're viciously gossiping about another man, uh, it it really can turn venomous very quickly yeah know where that line is yeah exactly yeah. and it, vice versa if i may real quick yeah dudes talking about your wives oh yeah dude yeah, yeah right it, you should, there's yeah. a difference between right asking for counsel uh. between two men yeah. about a romantic relationship with another woman yeah you bitch dude but the, the dude who bitches about his wife yep. in a group he's the bitch yeah a hundred percent dude. every time hundred percent every time. when i see it i'm like you're the bitch. Get out. You're the bitch, bro. Bye. Yeah, just, just the respect's gone when that happens. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, like you, you don't have the, up, you don't have the balls to communicate. Like, yeah, yeah, the balls to talk to your boys behind your wife's back, not the balls to talk to your wife in front of her. It's a problem, dude. You're a bitch. Anyway, so here's. I'm sorry. I know some everyone's gonna be frustrated. And I'm gonna get so many emails about this. I don't really don't care. Um, <laughs> but if you do care enough, send an email to me, and I'll just I'll delete it anyways. Uh, send it to Cut Light Smoke Podcast. That's all one word at gmail.com. Cut Light Smoke Podcast. So if you have anything negative to say about anything I just said. I'll just delete it anyways. So here's here's the real th- here's the, here's the weird thing. So when this happened, mm-hmm. the the woman of the real prominent business guy right stopped the girl and said, uh, "I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there." As she was complaining about her husband, so I'm gonna stop you right there. Um, you're never to talk negative about your husband in front of me again, mm. or anybody else. Period. Yeah, that's a, she, that's a bro right there. Yeah, she goes. Yeah. She goes. What? Wait, wait, what? She goes. You're never to do that. So first off. Ladies, just if any ladies, uh, no ladies listen to this. I mean, like two percent, right? <laughs> you see the stats on the. It's all like ninety nine percent guys. Yeah. Um, the when a woman, if you want to cut a man off of the nuts, have your wife throw your business out there to other people yep. that have no business knowing about it, and have her defame you in front of them. There's nothing you can do. It only makes a guy bitter, and there's nothing he can do at that point to like literally salvage his reputation with those people that hear it. You know what I'm saying? So they, they don't know anything. They, yeah. they know only what she says. And uh, that's very, very important. And I see it happening continually on social media. I think social media is, I mean, it's this, a trash. Dude, if you're, if you're on the internet and you're not there to laugh at shit, like you're fucking you're doing the it wrong. Mm. Yeah. Every, like, it's gotta be funny. There's, there's, you could the the negativity or sell rabbit cigars hole. or sell cigars or, or sell, sell cigars. cigars. <laughs> yeah, right. To the bring, the well. negativity rabbit hole is endless. The like oh, yeah. positive and up, uplifting one is yeah. pretty limited. But you know what? You like, have to find it. It's really pretty endless if you go that way too. It's just yeah. a little harder. So to bring it back to firearms yeah. real quickly, just because like, I'm getting there. We're gonna get there. So we have all shot with each other for years, right? Okay, yeah, some more than others. 
we have all called each other on safety stuff before. Okay. Right? Okay. In the competition world specifically, we live by this rule called 180 degrees. Mm -hmm. Meaning if my firearm passes a plane of existence as far as the barrel moves past this imaginary line that mm -hmm. everybody understands around you, mm -hmm. you go home or worse. Because you just committed a sacrosanct violation. You messed up. And mm -hmm. you put the rest of us in danger. Right. And it is a constant. It is something we all understand on every level humanly possible. Mm -hmm. And... If something happens, and all of us have had this problem before, it happens. Mm -hmm. It's just math at a certain point. When your boy walks up to you and goes, you broke the 180, you're done. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're just going to be like, fuck. Yep, I did. Yeah. You're right. 100%. Yeah. I broke it. I know what happened. I yeah, messed dude. up. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's, a, that's a pretty paramount indicator of, of character, period. Mm -hmm. It's like, dude, if you did something, and you know, even if you're not aware of it, if you're being told, like, hey, listen and your immediate response is defense, you should probably work on who you are and why, oh, yeah, why you have that response to like everything. But especially in this, because literally handling guns mm -hmm. and crazy shit could happen. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a, uh, a very defined box that th everything has to stay in and it can't step out of that at all. What's this green thing? Holy. That's a Kindle. What is That's this thing? Great. Well, here, hold on. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Let's wrap up the podcast real quick. Let's wrap okay. up the podcast so we can go, we can go back here because we're at an hour now. Oh, boy. I only, had an, I only had an hour for it. So you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. Uh, real quick question, real quick. If you had one thing that- Hold on. Hold on. Travis, put that down. Yeah, yeah. Real quick. <laughs> Travis, real quick. you're not allowed to uh, torch lighters. Yes. And it's like, no, 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 I know. no. We're Travis not going to let him burn, burn no like up. That. So, hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Cutline and Smoke podcast. If you want to know more about guns in general or firearm safety or target shooting in general, tell me each of your social medias and where they can find you guys real quick. So, uh, Jeremy, go with you first. Okay. Your, <laughs> this is Jeremy over here. So, Jeremy, go ahead and give me your, uh, the quickest so way to get a hold of you. Go. If you're bored and you're on the Instagrams, it's some underscore dude underscore who underscore shoots. Some dude who shoots. Okay, go ahead, Shocker. Brad. I, that, that's such a long <laughs> underscore, 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 well, underscore, right? There's a story behind it. Yeah. But, okay, you know, okay. Whatever. I like AKs, so my Instagram handle is crank underscore Floyd. Crank underscore Floyd. Two okay. Fs, two I like L's. Just crank Floyd, like K-R-I-N-K. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, mine is at G-R-A-E-L-I-N-E, gray line. Gray line, okay. It's an anagram reversal of my name because I'm a freaking nerd. Okay. He, he just okay. likes the buses in Canada. Okay. Don't you know. Don't you know. Don't you know. <laughs> That's good. That's good here, guys. Well, these guys have been my guest on today. We're talking more about that. If you want to know more about what's going on in the the trigger happy world of men and masculinity, reach out to each of these guys as well. If you want more of their information and have them on again, email us at cut light and smoke podcast, all one word, cut light smoke podcast at gmail.com. Final words, Travis, you have it. Speaking of that mic right there and say anything that you want. You have three seconds. Go. Oh, boy. Hey, this was fun. Really based. And with all that said, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Quit Line Spoke podcast. <laughs> Brought to you by ZealCigars.com, CigarSoapbox.com, and you know the rest. Peace. Later. I hate you, Travis. <laughs>